Welcome to podcast number four for Pandamanga.com. This is obviously our Christmas special. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope, <laughs> hope the right. season finds you well. Uh, first today, I want to talk a little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> I love Animal. Animal is the best. He is the best. Although, close but second. Not, not. Close second with uh, the, the Swedish chef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swedish Chef is, is the character is, of Animal is actually based on the drummer from The Who. He's based yes. on the drummer from yep. The Who. Yeah, nice. That's why he's always the drummer in any of the right. you know, Muppets. So good music things. So, like I said, a little house, how little housekeeping. Well, let's first introduce our guests here. <laughs> okay, so we have some special guests with us in the studio today for their first time on both, as a matter of fact. So we have Mike who's going to help us talk about the movies and is just a good friend and a funny guy. And we also have Chaz, who is, again, also going to talk about uh, the movie review of the day and is just a really good friend. So how are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic today, John. Thanks for having us. Well, wonderful. <laughs> uh, yes. Very good, very good, yes. <laughs> really good. If I come out with random accents, I apologize. Uh, don't apologize for that. Never, Never apologize. apologize for that. Never apologize no, for no, that. No, no, it's, it's just... So, so uh, over the past couple days, we all went and saw... The new Sherlock Holmes movie, A Game of Shadows, um, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law and Naomi Rapis. How do you say her name? Rapace. No. Rapace. Naomi Rapace. Naomi Rapace. We apologize if you. We apologize if you ever hear this. I'm sorry. Yeah, and if you're listening, please, please, please email us. Yes, that would be great. Yes. So anyway, we actually went and saw it at the midnight show. A couple of us, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, general feeling for me, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Yeah. I did think that it was a lot like the first movie, mm-hmm. which wasn't a bad thing. I really enjoyed the first movie. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I think it's Hans Zimmer who does the, the, does the music, who yes. just, it just oh. brings it to a whole nother level. Yeah, this movie was, music-wise, was just so much more intense than the last one. And kind of overall, in general, the movie, as opposed to the first one, was just basically Sherlock Holmes mega-sized. It was so good. Right. I uh, I think that, like, the thing that sticks out to me about both of these movies is that they are just so polished. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like that that fake Hollywood sheen that some things get on them. They're just really well made. Yeah. Excellent, clean, sharp music, good acting, nice cinematography. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's a popcorn flick at the end of the day, but I really think that it's just the polish shows through mm-hmm. a lot. So, I don't know. what uh, Chaz, what did you think about it? Well, I, I, I agree. The uh, the overall package really fit together very nicely. Um, there were some historical anachronisms that kind of uh, stuck in my craw a little bit. But, CPR uh, wasn't created for another 40 years. Yeah. And, really? Yes. Oh, and, oh yeah. M- Mike is a nurse. Oh, he's going to be a nurse soon, oh, which is a man her. nurse. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a man purse. <laughs> You're never ever gonna live that down. You no. will always be, will always be the Merce Mike. In fact, that's now my name, ladies and gentlemen, Merce and Merce Mike. <laughs> so anyway, so historical and, inaccuracies. Yeah, there. I mean, just a few little things. Um, phonographs weren't invented for quite a little a while after that. They were invented, but they weren't in any popular use. It was brand spanking new technology. <laughs> so 
that that kind of stu- stood out as yeah. a very obvious problem. So they so it seems like they accelerated some of the things, some of the technology, so that it could could kind of work and flow with the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, but that's typical with yeah. with you know with a, a movie like that, a that, stylish movie from the clearly stylized, Come on, clearly yeah. stylized. Yeah, they did that also with the first movie as well. Oh so. really? Yeah. Yeah, the clothing style in the first one. Like, um, he was wearing a collared, a certain type of collared shirt that wasn't invented for another 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. They invent shirts? Styles of clothing? <laughs> Come on, do you think the, you know, lace panties came out in the 1900s? Oh, no, no, that was... Oh, probably not. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see emo kids out there no. uh, yeah. in, the, in the 1890s. Lace has, a, lace has been around for quite a long time, but... <laughs> not panties. Yeah, underwear was a lot less... Let's say uh, interesting to look at. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think days. it was just in the way at that point. They're just like, take that off, man. It's, you know, that's not that's not that's not exciting. Oh, an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, a brief kind of uh, hopefully spoiler-free synopsis is mm. that this is you know, and they led up, led up to this in the last movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that was the, basically the whole thing right. with Rachel McAdams. Character. Right, the Rachel McAdams character, Irene Adler. Irene Adler. Freaking Brian. Uh, so, uh, so Rachel McAdams' character in the first movie was working for Moriarty, and it was clear that they were going to do something with him later. But he wasn't really a, a main, you know, point in the movie. He was like, a shadow. He was clearly pulling the strings behind the scenes in the last movie. You know, I, I think that even the the main bad guy of the last movie was in some way working for him. You know, even though it was Moriarty's clearly not like a supernatural guy. He's math. math Math genius, mm-hmm. you know, the pro- professor. Anyway, they were clearly building up to this in this movie, and the bad guy in this one is Moriarty. Moriarty is played by Jared Harris, who is just a really excellent actor. Clearly, oh, he steals the stage every time he's on scene. Yes. So brilliant in this movie, just yeah. absolutely brilliant. Him as Moriarty was completely, hundred percent believable. Is the 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 way that he he talks and he acts? There's always like you always just imagine it. There's just tons of wheels in the background going. And whenever he talked, every scene he had with Holmes, just either in facial expressions or just the way he talked, was always like, Haha, I said that. Yeah. Mm. The chemistry between him and Robert Downey Jr. on screen was amazing. It was excellent. absolutely amazing. I mean, even though it was theoretically the first time they met, when the, they met the first time in the movie, yeah, in the beginning of the movie yeah. there was still clearly things going on beneath the surface, almost like they were old nemesises, which mm-hmm. often is, is kind of like old friends in yeah, some way. Exactly. You know? They've been fighting each other in shadows for months. There's, right, there's this familiarity between the two of them, mm-hmm. but at the same time they hate each other, yeah. and they're trying, they're opposing each other. Good versus evil. Right, exactly. Anyway, so Moriarty comes along, causing trouble, you know, buying things up, working things around in the shadows, you know, mm-hmm. as the title suggests. Causing political illnesses everywhere. Exactly. You know, essentially staging himself to gain from war, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, Holmes swoops in to try and, you know, fix it all, you know. And there's hijinks and mayhem in and among it. And, and, and again, the movie was really well polished. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a really, really good chemistry with Jude Law. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, which was established in the first movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I'm kind of glad they didn't have a lot of... of, of Watson's Romance. wife. Oh, I just don't like that character. She's yeah. just so. I mean, she, she's she, she's a, a catalyst for things, but she's mm-hmm. kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. Not yeah. that interesting. But so Come home and watch TV. Anyway, that that's the basic premise of the movie. You know, it's not terribly complicated. Big bad guy trying to profit from war. It's mm-hmm. you know we you know for the most part. Halliburton. <clears throat> oh, sorry, um, Cheney. Uh, I just completely stopped coughing there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we be, well, we've we've seen that before yes, in other yes. things. 
But Maybe. I think I think this movie's selling point is its polish and the chemistry between the characters, the really well written script, the mm-hmm. nice cinematography, all that sort of stuff, and and the apparently glaring historical inaccuracies. <laughs> there was but, only a few I noticed on yeah. on the first watch through, so it's not so bad that it's you know unwatchable, yeah. but it, it does. I mean, th- there are some some more modern turns of phrases that you'll hear them. Mm-hmm. Like at, at one point, it just jumped straight out in my face. There was a line about something about now we are, have to save all of Europe. No pressure. And it's like that's that's not even like. And let's not forget the scene where he pulled out a cell phone to call Doctor Watson, and that <laughs> was like, "Hey, dude." Watch out for this, and turns around and there it was. Yeah, I was totally bad texting in the in the back. Yeah, yeah, texting. Yeah, just. <laughs> Do you guys remember? I think it was in a Knight's Tale with Ledger, yeah. where, where if you watch, I mean, it's still in like the the actual like you can go down to the video store and rent it. It is there's a can of Coke. Oh, is there really? There's an there's actual like yeah. Coke? They're like walking through the city. <laughs> they're, no, it's it's one of the scenes where they're like getting him his armor or something and dealing with that like the hot armor or like the hot blacksmith's daughter chick. Yeah, and and literally as they're walking through talking, it's totally panned. I mean, it's easy to miss, but you know, obviously the internet had its got its like you know filthy you know ah, you know paws on it and and found a freaking Pepsi can just sitting on the side of something. It sticks out bright. It's like, you know, white, red, and blue glowing there. Yeah, none of that gritty darkness of the other movie, yeah. (laughs) Every time that there's any kind of inaccuracy or, like, faux pas like that, Mm -hmm. it cracks me up. Or did you you guys even hear about some of the things that Lucas recently switched up in in the re-release on Blu-ray? What do you do? Well, he changed some sound effects, which there was some, you know, hoopla about. And honestly, I like the original sound effects better. And mm-hmm. it's not just me being like a, a prick about it. I just, I genuinely like listen to both. And the Ewoks now can blink their eyes. Yeah, oh, which, seriously, which, this is fine with me. Ewoks that's, that's, that's a big, eyes, that's a big deal. But, but one of the things that they did that fix, actually kind of that kind of bothers me because I know that's I always imagine them as it's, like, it's very... soulless creatures that can blink. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> or flashlight men. Yeah, uh, well, it, they're alien. They're an alien species. Why is it that every alien species in the universe has to have distinctly Earth-adapted traits yeah. like blinking? I mean, maybe they don't have dust in their atmosphere, and so they don't need to blink. Well, maybe it's true, but they were on tattooing. Yeah. They weren't on tattooing. They weren't on the Ewoks. Oh, the Ewoks. They're the Ewoks. Oh, I thought Endor. you meant the tiny little. No, 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 no. Okay, I misheard you. I, th- I thought. Okay, I thought are you, you were... talking about? You're talking about Jawas. I thought you were talking about Jawas. Oh, yeah. No, Jawas shouldn't be able to blink. <laughs> no, Jawas should because they would. They live in the freaking desert. Oh, there's sand. They have glowing eyes. They Anything. need to blink because Those there's deserts just... just burn off the <laughs> dust particle. <laughs> there's no like. Okay, I'm gonna have an eye that's like a flashlight. I don't need to blink that. Come on. Any dust that gets on it is gonna obviously not bother me because my eyes are flashlights. My question is: If you live on a planet with three suns, why do you need flashlight eyes? <laughs> why is there ever a darkness? That's very true. Because it looks. Awesome. Truly, Jawas are my favorite. But if you if you look at if you look at desert dwelling creatures in nature on Earth, Mm -hmm. they generally have transparent membranes, like extra eyelids. Extra double eyelids. True. That's what it is. They have double eyelids, and we're never going to know. You ever seen a lizard just sitting there, all of a sudden its tongue just goes onto its eyes? Oh, so so the the Jawas just lick their eyes. Yes. With with giant glowing. You just never see it. Basically, yeah. They take take Windex to that shit and just go. George Lucas should, should should take a CG and, and just, just add, add tongues by licking in their eyes. That'd go over well with the fans. <laughs> but yeah, but, talk but about the big the, the, the thing the thing that they changed, and I don't know. I actually think this was a good thing. 
This th- okay, when people go back and adjust movies that are considered classics, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, there's fans that go, wah, about it. Well, okay, fine, you yeah. know, whatever. But Legitimate. It's perfectly legitimate in most cases. Yeah. But one of the complaints that people brought up, which I don't think is a complaint at all, uh, you know, because people just some people just don't want changes at all ever. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. Let it be that way. It's sacred. Purists. You know, whatever. Yes. Yeah, I understand that perspective. But one of the things that they changed that I thought was really really cool and hilarious is uh, the scene in The Empire Strikes Back where uh, Luke gets taken by the Wampa, mm-hmm. and apparently there's this the scene where he's hanging upside down. And no, not when he's hanging upside down. When he's on uh, on the what are those called? The Tauntaun. The Tauntaun. Right, he's on the tauntaun, and the and the the arm reaches up, the big you know hairy arm with claws reaches up and grabs him. Apparently, there's like six inches of human arm. Yeah, in the it, original movie, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's just some guy with like a big hairy arm on his on his arm, just just I'm gloved, Lucas. <laughs> but so what they went back in is they edited it so that it looks like you know yeah, and that's something which that, is fine. That is great. That's like, good. Nice tailors should go back and edit, take out that coke can. Agreed. Yeah. There's nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah, special edition of the Nice Tail. I don't think anybody's gonna yeah, go back yeah, in. I, I really don't no, think no, no. Nice Tail. The girls have moved on Twilight hey, at this point. No, I mean, what that movie was awesome. That movie was completely Heath awesome. Was sexy as hell. Heath Ledger. I like Heath Ledger. All that name was made a mini star out of that movie. Yeah. You know what's you know what's silly though is that Heath Ledger. I always thought, yeah, he's fun to watch. He's cool. You know, I enjoyed him in pretty much all of his movies, which were mostly kind of. You know, lighthearted and silly, and a lot of the times aimed at women. But, but even you know, ten things I hate about you. He was like genuinely like a fun character. Yeah, yes. he was a realistic right. character. But, and you know, but that was kind of as far as I went with my like, oh, Heath Ledger's great. But yeah. th- then, then you know, then the Dark Knight comes out, mm-hmm. and he does that. Then, he, then he does that incredible. Incredible performance. It was obvious, even from the previews, that this was really going to be a breakout performance. Right, and then mm-hmm. gone. I mean. Well, the thing that made him a critical success was, uh, was Brokeback Mountain. No, yeah, that, that's that was, when they started saying, "Wow, honestly, this guy's a really good that. actor." I never, I never saw that, and 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 I think a lot of people didn't see that. And it, it was know. so controversial. It was a huge, it's not even about cont- and it's not even like, "Oh my god, gay cowboys! Come on, we don't want to ever think of a cowboy as gay." Well, and okay. The funny thing that. is, is the thing it's about not about the controversy. I think a lot of people didn't see it because for a lot of people. They're not that interested in cowboys, and they're not that in, they're not that into gay culture. It's just it's not that, that it's controversial. It's not that they don't like gay people. It's just it's not the sort of movie they'd like to go see. Well, when I when I first heard about it, I was thinking, you know, gay cowboys. That's hilarious, you know. Please, it settles too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, so I didn't know anything about the story, and we were like looking at movies to to check out. And then my grandma, who grew up on like a cattle ranch, Mm. you know, full on like cowgirl, like she's she lived a life. She yeah, she I mean, and like you know, grew up like a couple generations ago from that world. Like had new people in her lifetime that you know would kill cattle cattle rustlers and Mm. bury them in the field. And I mean, I'm not kidding. Like anyway, so we're going through the list of movies, and she's like. Brokeback Mountain, what's that? And I said, I said, oh, it's it's about uh, gay cowboys. And she she just starts laughing. And I'm like, what? She goes, that wouldn't work at all. <laughs> it's like they would just kill them. And that's, that's what, what happened. happened. <laughs> exactly. That's what happened in the movie. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of felt terrible after after I found out that that's what happened in the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, Grandma was right. <laughs> oh, sorry if we spoiled that for you, anyone. They yeah. kill the game. They, they die in the end. Yeah, it's, I don't mean to ruin Titanic, but the boat sinks. <laughs> yeah. 
I am going to ruin and spoil every movie right here, right now. You have the opening scenes, has a few credits, and then stuff happens, and then credits roll. No, what? No, not the credits. I can't do it. Okay, all right, all right. So go being back to Sherlock. Yeah, we're going to come back to Sherlock. Come back to Sherlock. Okay, so 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 Sherlock. Let's go around. Let's go around in a circle. Uh, what do we? You know, what do you guys think? Well, why don't we start with you, Chaz? Well, um, I would say that I really enjoyed it, as far as the fun factor. Hmm. Uh, it it was the action. Definitely kept the pace flowing. The fight scenes were interesting at first, and then towards the end, they got a little trite. The concept of martial arts at that time is very different from what we have today. And the idea that he's a martial arts master, it, it just, it's another one of those historical anachronisms that just doesn't really sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And we should it, it is mentioned in the original novels that halfway through the the stories that the original author of the of the novels he sure. killed off the character and then brought him back after there was a public outrage about it. And the way that he survived was a non-existent kind of Japanese wrestling. Basically a martial art he invented just to save Sherlock Holmes' butt, so... And we should also note that both Chaz and JP are very accomplished martial artists and study martial arts and its history very much. They are very, very well in tuned into that culture, so they really know what they're talking about with that. So anyway, this this invented martial arts system was called, like, Baritsu or something like that. Which like it, British foo? Something. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Brit British jujitsu is probably what he was creating his own oh, so own made up word. But in the in the novel it, it's it states that it's a Japanese wrestling. And so the earliest Sherlock Holmes novels have no fighting in well, the but in, after he comes back they after they he comes back in there for it's but it's very violence wasn't really a big part of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way that this has been really adapted to a new medium and a new style action flick. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really what it is. It's an action flick with kind of an undercurrent of mystery. Mm. And so it's fun, but it also doesn't really sit well with its roots. And you can see that so in conclusion i would say that it probably sits somewhere around the range for overall quality of pay full price it's a very well polished very well thought out action flick um with a high fun factor but not really something worth rearranging your schedule for right right not not go to the midnight release sort of thing what what fun factor would you give it i would say 80 percent. 80 percent. yeah that's really fun mm-hmm. all right so next up mike what do you think fantastic fun um i really enjoyed this movie and of course you know i i did go to the midnight showing so there's a little 
hint at what I'm going to give it. But um, what I like to say is that while the first movie was groundbreaking in so many ways, it redefined Sherlock Holmes, as Chaz was saying, you know, he was not, you know, the action fighter. He wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't all about that. It was all about, you know, this is the mystery. I'm going to solve the mystery. Um, they took that, morphed it into something that was just phenomenal, made Robert Downey Jr. a fucking unbelievably sexy character doing this, um, brought in all these characters, changed them around. It was really, really groundbreaking. Here's the second one now. They've established all the characters, and now they can just take off with it. So, like, those, that really cool fight scenes that he had in the beginning, like the brawling scene in the first one, you know, he's like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and then right, does the thinking, it. the thinking ahead. The thinking right. ahead. Yeah. You know, they... All the slow-mo stuff. Yeah, they take it further into this one, definitely, including, which I won't reveal at the end, which was just amazing, um, the way that he did it, and a little bit with Moriarty. Um, so they take what they did, what was best of the first movie, just vamped it up. It was unbelievably good. They... They know what they're doing, they had fun with it, and they rolled with it. Character growth was already there, so there was more playing between them, especially between Watson and Holmes. Um, yeah, they're I really, very playful. Very playful in this one. Very you, you, good timing. You already know why Holmes, or Watson's a little bit against Holmes, like reluctant to work with him because you know he, he wants to get away from the dangerous life. He's got his wife he wants to go home to, yada, yada. Um, but yet you he, he also already know that he's a boy at heart and wants to go have fun with his friend. Right. So they very much have that in this movie again, um, but to a higher extent. And I just really love the way that they played it all back and forth. So what would you what would you give this one? Um, I would definitely give it a uh, midnight release. Um, I really enjoyed it. Nothing groundbreakingly new about it, just you know, way more fun. Um, I'm a big fan of this type of genre, the mystery solving, fighting stuff. Uh, so that's why I give it that. But I can definitely see Chaz's point where you could definitely do a uh, full, full price release to that. Right. So what's your fun factor for this? Fun one? factor, I'm going to go 90%. 90%? Yeah. 90%. Wow. I want to see it again. Definitely. All right. Okay. What about uh, the Brian? All right. Well, I've got a few long tangents on this bad boy, yes. so watch out. So a couple of quick things is that this movie is loosely based off of the uh, short story from Arthur Conan Doyle, The Final Solution. So if you know how that one ends, you know how this movie ends. Spoilers. Uh, I, I won't say how it ends to those who haven't seen it, but like I said, if you read the book, you know that. They do a great way of setting that up by actually having Watson typing at the very beginning of the movie and saying the actual date. And it is also the book where Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty finally meet face to face. And so uh, one of the things that I thought about this movie is that I thought that they went more action and less mystery in this one. Yeah, so, definitely. so the last one was a nice mystery action movie where this one I felt it was like an action movie with some mystery and intrigue added in. I actually didn't think that the chemistry between Holmes and Watson, played by, of course, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, respectively, is as good as it was in the last one. In fact, I wasn't really buying the relationship as much as I did in the previous one. Well, I I, I think that... I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. I, I, I think you... Um, they're supposed to be expressing a little bit of contention between the two of them. Yes. Because one's trying to get out of the entire situation, trying to avoid exactly what they're in. Right. In the first movie, they were both playful together. There right. There was a lot of goofing around, and there was clearly some kind of hesitance to get married and move on from his life with Holmes, but on on uh, 
on Re- much and of I realized that they're supposed to be a bit more antagonistic with each other. Yeah, and just, I think their relationship is transitioned to a new place. It, it has, anyway, but this is, I didn't this is your review. It. Yes, and, but what I felt is that even though they had that, and I understood that completely. I just wasn't buying the chemistry between them with that as much as I was even when they were arguing in the previous movie. I just thought it wasn't quite as tight. I also felt that I really like the universe that they've put this in. The right. world looks amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. The, it's absolutely gorgeous. And one thing that I firmly believe in and there's no scientific backing on this, and I don't believe it as like a universal balance of the world type of a thing, but I believe it about the brain. Whereas if you are really, really strong in something, you're going to start to lack in other parts. I just feel that it, that's just how it is. If you are some brilliant detective, well, you're going to be lacking in some other parts of, like social of how, so, like social skills <laughs> for, for homes. And so I like that Holmes is a bit eccentric, and he totes that fine line between genius and crazy. Actually, he probably, you know, cha-chas between it every day. And so I actually liked that they had Mycroft in this, which is Holmes's brother. A bit of history on him is that he is actually possibly could be a better detective than Holmes. He is smarter than him. But what he does, instead of doing the detective work, is he plays the political game. And so he is really, really brilliant. Um, As in, like, actually, some espionage, but more so, like, as a senator in, you know, this sort of world. So, ambassador, that sort of a thing. He's much more involved in the social. I think what they they said in the movie was that he was involved in international politics. Yes, yes. he, He involves himself in the political thing. But for some reason... I don't know why. They had a sequence where they showed Mycroft was a bit eccentric. Mm-hmm. I really didn't feel that. I really didn't buy that. It it didn't fit with that character. <laughs> yeah, he was walking yes. around buck naked. Uh, yes, uh, yes, exactly. And not understanding um, that. That's not weird. What are you talking about? And not we even realizing it's true. Yes. When there's guests. Yes. <laughs> well, well, not when there's guests. No. Yes, yes, when there's guests. No. I'll keep that in mind. Remind <laughs> me never to be a guest. Yes, I, I won't be staying at your house anytime soon. Shall so, I? so not a fan of the Minecraft. Uh, the the, 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 and the yeah the eccentricities. Uh, if I'm saying that correctly, eccentricity, eccentricities uh, of Minecraft. The way that they put that, I didn't really feel that. I thought that that was kind of off, mm-hmm. almost tacked on. Very yeah. tacked on. Yeah, that, it felt very tacked on. Just seemed forced in only because it was an international issue. Exactly. So. But the guy who played him, Stephen Fry, I oh, love that actor. So love that actor. He He's legendary. Yeah. Yes, but I, I almost feel that he was wasted in this movie. All in all, I think it's a, a far inferior movie to the previous movie, as sequels tend to be. But it's still a good, good film. I would probably put it low on the full price, just barely on the full price. Fun factor... Definitely in the mid sixty, like sixty-five to seventy percent, it was fun. But to me, a lot of it was forgettable. And so, but that being said, I still think it's a good film. Well, I enjoyed it. I, I like I said before, I do think that it was you know near equal with the first movie in a lot of ways. Uh, it's difficult for the for a second film to wow us the way that a first film does because it's things we've already seen. You know, and obviously they, it needs to be consistent with the first film. And so, you know, if it's too different, then it's not right. So, I mean, th- there's that 
kind of bridge you have to cross and just burden you have to bear being a sequel. So taking that into consideration, uh, I really liked it. Uh, um, I have to say, though, uh, it got a little bit of a lower ranking on me for me because I think that Rachel McAdams is one of the hottest women on the planet. So hot. So <laughs> disappointed in the first 10 minutes. Yes, exactly. Uh, spoiler alert. You can skip ahead five seconds and not hear this. They kill her pretty quick. So quickly. And it pisses me off so bad because that was one of the things that really made the first movie for me. Yeah. I think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. I get a kick out of her. I think she's gorgeous. And she played against and with Holmes oh, so oh, well oh. in that first movie that, that I was so hoping that there would be more of that. And really? there wasn't. No. But I believe... I, I'm a sucker for her. I don't know. Anyways, but... It, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I had no idea because I did not see the first one. Oh, right. Oh. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you like Aerosmith McAdams at all, race home and watch that. It's freaking so awesome. So good. No, not really. Uh, well, well anyway, I believe you, that you're, like, you're, by putting Irene Adler in the first movie sets a good timeline for it because I think she maybe mentioned like she actually shows up in one of the early, early books. But from then on, she's only mentioned in passing as, you know, the one for Sherlock Holmes, but she never reappears. Right. I don't know if she's killed in the book series or not, but it was just, well, you know, it's but she does not. Movie. They're re- not gonna, I mean, yeah. She's such star power that they're going to have to cut her off if they're not going to have her in there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll be wondering what's happening, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I understand why they did it. It's perfectly fine. For mm-hmm. me, that was hard. Because yeah. I so look forward to more of that character and more of, you know, her. She's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Not to say that I didn't like Rapace, Rapace, Rapace. Uh, um, I didn't, I, I really liked mm. the Madame Simza, I thought she was really neat, okay, uh, okay. although, and those of you that haven't seen the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy mm. should check it out, yes, the, uh, original. the original it's European trilogy, because that, that's actually where she, you know, really exploded mm-hmm. in popularity, uh, and, but having seen the, some of those movies, like, they way underused her. I mean, her character was great and neat, but but she's a brilliant actress and has was way underused, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But you know, so is the part, you know, the part. The anyway, yeah, it just kind of seemed like she was just along his. You she know. was just along for the ride, yeah. you know. She was good, but uh, in regards to the fight scenes, yes, uh, I may have a unique perspective because I've been involved in martial arts for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I do, I do take into consideration that it's it's a Hollywood movie, so it's going to be you know you know. What the current Fan, style is, not right, what yeah, right. its actual style. Sensationalized a little bit. Yeah. But I really did like the fight scenes. I thought that in any movie, if they can make the the, the, the hits feel hard to the people sitting in the audience, mm. you know, whether it's a, a way that they time it, slow motion, audio, whatever, but the way that it was edited through and the way the fight scenes were, it felt like, wow, that guy really hit that dude. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they didn't, but but it, 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 felt, it felt like there was, you know, com- some impact and some punch to the movements. I enjoyed that. I thought they were really smooth. I did like the fight scenes a lot. They were very martial artsy, mm-hmm. very Asian martial artsy, uh, and so that doesn't really fit with the storyline. As well, until I guess after he comes back in the books. But so, I mean, with that, which is, I think, supposed to be after the events in this exact story. Yes. This is the the one that is supposed to kill him. Oh, yes. Yes. As as the Brian was saying. So then, then then it would make even more sense that it would be off. Anyway, for me, fun factor wise, I really like the fight scenes. You know, they get a little tired later on because they kind of do the same thing over and over. But yeah, it's right. But it's it, but I really, really enjoy the fight scenes. It's definitely a high point in the movie. And you know, it's a good change because uh, what I'm seeing more and more in films these days, and I might be a little behind the times, but it seems to be a growing trend as opposed to a receding trend, where 
fight scenes are filmed with handy cams yeah. that are blurry no. and that, that way are... too close to the action yes. to actually it's supposed to it, they're probably trying to create a sense of you're in the middle of it all yes. uh, and this that is, is how exactly it feels. that's not why that's... I'm going to a movie to be in the middle of it yes and, and really I think what people want to see more than the intensity of I'm in the middle of all this is more what's going on in your mind what's going on in your mind when you're actually fighting someone and you're prepared for it is nothing like the scuffling, scrambling when you're prepared for it sensation that that they're trying to portray in a lot of these like born identity movies. Oh man! Yeah. Ever since the what is it the second the born, born, identity born supremacy? Movie? Yes, uh, it's like ever since then all the fight scenes in so many movies are, are it's like they have a handy cam zoomed in held by a midget with Parkinson's disease, <laughs> yes. and it's just like I mean. It's horrible. You can't, I can't, you can't see. You can't, can't see, see what's happening. And, and I mean, and it, it may, it may be people, they're just looking for, oh, it's it's hurried and exciting. But yes, for me, I want to be able to see all the little details because I like to pick them apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean, I don't want to try and deconstruct it and make fun of it, but I like to, to see it, like, fit together. And, and because that's... a fight is like that. A fight, I mean, a, when you're working against a really skilled opponent, it feels like, you know, you're dancing together. Yeah. You know, yes. it, 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 and it, if they can recreate that in a movie... It's very riveting. You know, one of the first movies that really did that well, kind of on the the, the large scene, was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even that they slowed things down and showed you all the details like they do in this one. It's just that the, the people worked together so smoothly that it was like, you know, it was like puzzle pieces. And it was just amazing. Anyway, moving forward, I, I really liked the fight scenes. I thought they were great. Um, and I liked the distinctive, distinctly different fighting styles between the different characters. You know, Simza had a very different fighting style than Holmes, who had a very different fighting style uh, from Moriarty, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, I really liked it. Uh, I would, I would give it a full price. I'm not sorry I went and saw the Midnight Show. I, you know, would, would do it again. I guess if somebody said that, but but I don't, I don't really feel like now that after having seen it, I wouldn't say. Oh, you should have been to the Midnight Show. It was great. Off. I mean, you missed it. It was good. It was oh, really fun. And I'm not like again, again. I love Midnight Shows, so it, I don't want to throw that out there easy because it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a hassle to go to the Midnight Show. Way worth full price. Way worth going and seeing it within the first couple weeks that it's out while it's still in the big theaters at your local theater or big screens at your local theater. It is a great movie. Uh, fun Factor eighty. You know, really, really good. I liked it a lot. So, so there that is. Next, we have our top Christmas movies. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. So, uh, I'm imagining that's going to be on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're going to go around in a circle and each of us talk about uh, our top maybe one or two favorite movies. Now, the way that this segment's going to work is if one of us gets to a movie before somebody else, then the person who had the who was planning on choosing the movie that's already been talked about, they have to scramble and find something else. So, so you know, just to add a little element of competitiveness and, and, and silliness to it. So, why don't we have Mike begin? What are your first two movies? My first two. We should go movies. one at a time. So, number round two, round uh, one. Oh, I like that. I like that. Movie. Let's do that. Okay, so we'll do one and one at a time. So, mm-hmm. Mike, what's your, what's your first movie? My top movie that I would have to pick. Ooh, I'm going to have to go with Trading Places. Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd... Nice, the choice. Yes, that's a good movie. Yeah, nothing beats better than a drunken Santa Claus eating ham out of his beard. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was 
Yeah, I thought about this for a while, and I, I love this movie. I've watched it a dozen times, and I'm like, so I, I always forget that it's a Christmas movie. When it comes down to it, it's all about a Christmas movie. It's my top pick. Top pick. Okay, so Mike's top pick, Trading Places. All right, Chaz. Well, it's been so long since I've seen it. It used to be a holiday tradition for, for my family. So this is a movie that like it doesn't feel complete unless you see it once a year sort of thing? No, actually, I haven't seen it in years, and it's just kind of fallen off the radar, and I need to see it again, but A Christmas Carol. It, it's definitely got that kind of... Which it, version? There's a bunch. There is? Yeah, they just came out with that Jim Carrey animated one. Oh, there's so many. Horrible. I mean, the Christmas Carol story has been done over and over, but like, who mm-hmm. are you thinking? Are you thinking like an old, like a really old one, I'm guessing? The cartoon? No. No, no the live action, the classic live the action. Live, the classic live, live action. action. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It, it definitely, it to me, it sort of, everybody constantly seems, all the music we listen to, all of the, the classic movies we watch... I mean, yours, you know, yours, Mike, is, is clearly the exception to this, but <laughs> but it really seems like the heart of what our society thinks of as Christmas really comes from the 1950s Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, uh, I saw a really, a really cool... Uh, Just Americana, nuclear family, yeah. mm-hmm. two and a half kids. Yeah, if you actually, if you, there's a, there's a little, uh, little shout out for XKCD, They're, they had a comic which often takes the form of a graph for them. What's the website for that? XKCD.com. And this graph shows the most popular Christmas music by year. And it shows that all of the most popular Christmas music comes predominantly from the late 40s, the 50s, and the early 60s. That's all of the most popular Christmas music in the United States. Mm. And so... Like currently popular. His currently just, and historically, it's just, just it, from where it came from. Yeah, all of interesting. It, it actually has this really neat. Uh, I think it's the tooltip says that it, you know every year we as a society try to replicate the Christmases of the baby boomers. <laughs> mm. Very true. That was was that one was in its highest popularity Christmas. What to imagine? I don't Batman. know. Christmas of a popularity scale. I'm pretty much sure that most people just like Christmas, mm-hmm. except for Grinches. Those like me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bah humbug, bah bitches. <laughs> so, so that, so the original Christmas Carol. Okay. Well, don't know if it's the original, but the one from like the 40s or right. 50s or whatever. Right. That's a good one. Well, for me, it's gonna have to be. National Lampoon's Christmas yes. Vacation. Nice. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I, you know, <laughs> you know, the messed up part is, is that, I mean, I really like that movie and it's totally gets me in the Christmas spirit. It's the one that I put on while I'm decorating the tree. It, you know, I, I watch it every year, once a year. It's like a tradition. Mm-hmm. But the part that I think is the funniest has nothing to do with, well, it does have something to do with Christmas. It's the part where the cat electrocutes itself <laughs> by chewing on the, the on the Christmas tree lights. It's just so damn funny. <laughs> the sound that cat makes with like the whole house, like the lights blink <laughs> down and you hear this, when the cat, I just, I, when I first saw that movie, I laughed so hard I cried and I had to rewind the next couple minutes because I was laughing so hard. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just twisted and think that, you know, Cat destruction is great, but that scene kills me. 
every every year I laugh out loud at that movie at that scene right there. But but overall, it's a hilarious movie, and mm-hmm. it's it's such a perfect picture of just the pandemonium that happens at a Christmas time. Yeah, anyone who's trying- ever had a big family can very much sympathize with that. Yeah, my grandmother had seven kids, and so I may be an only child, but in the, around the holidays, it's just family mayhem. It's mm-hmm. not uncommon for us to have upwards of 20 or 30 people at a table for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. So it's it's madness. And so for me, I could totally identify with that movie. So, you know, but it is. It's what it's like. It's pandemonium. It's like, you know, some people you don't get along with, people you do get along with, you know, all squished together, <laughs> you know, and you're all trying to be jovial and, you know, ho, 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 and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. That that movie is is easily my top pick. What, what about you, the Brian? Well, I've already gone on record saying that I am not a fan of Christmas. I really don't like it. So I was it, no thinking. No presents for you this year. That's right. Give me a lump of coal. Oh, uh, I want. I'll take that new tablet. Yeah. No. 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 That's 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 not yours. <laughs> that's stealing. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I was going to do was I was going to go with the Bruce Willis triple action pack, um, but I'm just going to go, which actually is two of the Die Hard flicks and then Red. Yes. Right. Um, but I am just going to sit here and say my top movie will be Die Hard that for Christmas. Is. Die Hard. That that is the ultimate man movie Christmas movie. <laughs> that is right there. I like. I mean, like literally, the only thing it has to do with Christmas is that it happens to take place on, on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that like when they, they were coming up with the idea for that movie, they were like, "Wait, I know. Let's make it. Let's Christmas. make it happen during Christmas time, so that when you know." The wife and the kids are like, let's watch a Christmas movie. And the dad's like, oh, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all the men out there. All right, all right. Well, okay. So, have, have any, has any of us have any of us knocked the uh, any of our other stuff? No. Okay. All right. Still good. Still good. Okay. All right. Round two. Bye. Michael, what you got? Number two. Yeah, I wanted to go more of a traditional route with this this choice, um, but. I had to go more of the manly route with this. Uh, one that I've watched a couple years so far. I had to go with the tits that saved Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that saved Christmas? Yeah, is that the porno? What? Christmas porno. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the tits that saved Christmas. Yes. Wow. Uh, it is one of. I, I've watched a lot of Christmas pornos over the years. Um, and I have to say that this one. Was probably a Christmas porno connoisseur. In the one of the most heart-filled Christmas porn I've ever watched. I mean, when she pulls those tits out to save, you know, little Timmy, I I cried a little. Oh wow! Um, I used many tissues. Oh wow! That's okay. Okay, quickly moving on to Chaz. <laughs> I think I died a little inside. Yes. <laughs> So, Chaz, after that uh, hard act to follow, what's your second pick? I don't know. I don't know that I can top that. I don't think nothing There's no can top, top that. Man. What, that is what the touched Christmas you? <laughs> In your special place. Oh, God. Oh, God. Where your heart resides. In the cockles of my heart. In the cockles of your heart. Oh. Well, I think I'm just gonna have to be the boring one and 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 say it's a wonderful life. Mm. That's another one that's uh, that's a classic, it's a classic Americana great movie. They made a porn out of that. 
I'm sure they did. Uh, yeah. I'm, Santa I'm, has something very special in his sack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That can't be construed in, in any way. Yeah, 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 no, not at all. The fact that no, he has some gifts for some orphans. So good. So, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it, it's... I'm a sucker for a, for a sad story. And it starts out very sad, and then it sort of... Makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, and that's an excellent, completely classic movie. Mm-hmm. So good. There's Clarence a great amazing. line about that movie in Batman: The Animated Series, where Dick Grayson is shocked that uh, Bruce Wayne has never seen "It's a Wonderful Life," and he goes, "What? Why haven't you seen it?" He's like, "I couldn't get past the title." <laughs> <laughs> so true. But that's not how the movie starts. The movie starts with. You know, you would think the exact opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True to form. It's a good movie. Good movie. Well, for me, I'm going to have to go with not a movie, but a special. Ooh. Ooh-hoo. My second must-watch every year is the Garfield Christmas special. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is classic. That song that they have is so good that, you know, when you think all your presents are accounted for, that's the time you gotta ask for more. <laughs> Christmas is my favorite time of the year. That's when I get my Christmas cheer. Oh, gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's so good. Remember, folks, when buying gifts for JP, it's not the thought that counts, it's the cost. It's the cost, it's the dollar amount. That's all I really care about. Leave, leave the tag on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the, Chris, the Garfield Christmas special is special to me uh, specifically because of its like connection with going to the farm and visiting grandma and, and the grandma character. Totally reminds me of my grandma. Uh, and, and, and my grandfather actually a long while ago has had passed away. And so some of the scenes that are very tender and very sweet in that movie about her missing him and her wanting to, you know, spend time with Garfield and, and just the, the whole family thing. Like, I, I mean, again, I can associate with it. And so, I mean, I guess I just go with movies that I can kind of associate with. I mean, it's not a massive Christmas thing like the other movie was, but mm-hmm. the Garfield Christmas special just kind of gets you, Resonate. you know. It does. And it's still Garfield, which is great. Jim Davis is a god. The mm. guy, I mean, like, from the perspective of somebody who's trying to write and create and draw comics and all that stuff, the dude had it going on. Funny, fast, hilarious, really well done. So anyway, I just love the Garfield Christmas special. It's it's a must. It's a must-have. So that's that's my number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, LeBron. Or, I mean, the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> so, my second favorite movie is... The Hebrew Hammer. Hebrew <laughs> what hammer. is that? <laughs> the Hebrew Hammer is kind of a comedy. It's a send up to the black exploitation films of the seventies. Oh. Only it's a Jew exploitation film. Uh, and I thought that was gonna be a porn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that that's Mike, Michael, our resident pornography expert. <laughs> and and so it's it's got this character who is a Jewish uh, private eye. As they say, a certified circumcised dick is <laughs> on his title. Wow. And and the whole idea is that you have Santa's son, played by Andy Dick, unfortunately. Oh, God. Who kills Santa because he hates Christmas and he hates what his father's all about. And what he tries to do is he tries to actually turn everybody against Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and make it like something that's forgotten and evil. So like one including Christmas. Uh yeah. Well, he kind of is okay with Christmas, but he wants to make it more corporate and 
he makes it more of a sweatshop than it was before. He actually says, yes, this is a sweatshop. And if you elves aren't going to work, well, I've imported a bunch of Taiwanese boys. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, it's just called the Jewish dick. hammer. The Hebrew, Hebrew hammer. hammer. Yes, we you can watch it on watch. Netflix instant. Oh, really? And, oh, yes. So and, watching that. And so, Next movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he, he goes around trying to stop the new Santa from actually destroying Kwanzaa and... Uh, Hanukkah. And so it's just this really, really goofy, funny send up to uh, black exploitation films while also being a holiday film. They have this one thing where Santa, to try and crush all Jewish spirits, gets a bunch of bootleg tapes of It's a Wonderful Life. And so, and hands it out to all like Jew kids for free. And so it's like their representation of like getting kids on drugs uh, and that. And so, hooking them on Christmas. yeah, so he's hooking them on Christmas. And so they basically, he tries to, um, fights that with by putting out like Yentl and Fiddler on the roof and giving those to kids and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just this really, really funny movie. Uh, Check it out sometime. Like I said, it's on Netflix Instant. It's in their holiday classics. If you go to the Watch Now section, The Hebrew Hammer. Good. That's so funny. We're, I, okay, I'm going to watch that later today. That's awesome. Okay, so just recapping. Mike's Mike's top two were... Uh, Training Places and The Tits That Stole Christmas. Saved. Saved. Wait, oh, sorry, Saved Christmas. There you go. Okay. And Chaz's... They Stole Mine. Stole Christmas mine. Carol, Old School, right? and It's a Wonderful Life. Right, and then mine was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and the Garfield Christmas Special. And mine were the Die Hard and the original. (laughs) Die Hard. (laughs) And the Hebrew Hammer. Yes. Very nice. Coming up next, we're going to take a little break and share a new song with you guys from Tiger Paw on Air Plus Recordings. You can find Tiger Paw's work on soundcloud.com forward slash Tiger Paw. The song is called Got More Time Than Money. It came out just about 20, 20 days ago, I think SoundCloud said. It's uh, fresh stuff from Tiger Paws, one of my favorite on there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy.
works every okay all right so, welcome back everybody uh, that, again that was got more time than money by tiger paw uh, on air plus recordings you can see more of tiger paw's work on soundcloud.com forward slash tiger paw uh, thanks again air plus recordings for providing all the music on the panda manga podcast pm podcast uh, we uh, really appreciate it it's really good stuff Coming up next, we have a special little treat for all of you who have ever listened to a certain Christmas song and and just was just kind of wondering. So this section is called Reasons Why Santa Claus is Creepy. He is creepy. Now, I originally got the idea for this specifically because I was listening to this song at work the other day on the radio. I'm thinking to myself, he sees you when you're sleeping? Yes, he knows That's when you're creepy. awake. That's creepy. You know, the more that I listened to it, the more I thought about it, I thought, we need to talk about this. This needs to be addressed. This guy I, is just, this guy is... For public safety, if nothing else. For public, yes. right, yeah. I mean, this guy, seriously, I mean, after listening to some of the stuff out there and looking around a little bit... I'm pretty convinced that Santa Claus is like a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just really creepy. I can't and let's face it, you know, if I walked up to somebody and had some bright, happy <laughs> jingle and sang to them, I know when you've been sleeping, I know when you're awake, they're going to call the cops on me and spray me with pepper spray. That's just gonna how it's going to be. I... Or they're just going to hurt me badly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. One way or another, I'm getting a restraining order or going to jail. <laughs> you can get pepper sprayed for a lot less than that. Yeah, I exactly, probably could, yeah. but yes. <laughs> so uh, I we sat down collectively and brainstormed a little bit and came up with the top five reasons why Santa Claus is creepy. <laughs> First on the list is sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake. Mm-hmm. That right there, I can't, you could pretty much just stop right there. Yeah. What is that? That that's pedophile work right there, my friend. That's I mean, it's stalker. like what is he like sitting outside of your window on a like branch, a, like a giant perverted bird? Mm-hmm. What has he got like <laughs> all your ventilation rooms, like mics with cameras or something? Just kind of knowing. I mean, there's there's magic. Right? See, why, why is it why is it on. knows when you're sleeping? Why isn't it knows when you're sleeping and knows when you're awake? Why is it sees when you're sleeping? He's watching and knows when you you're sleep. awake. Like it's not hard to know when someone's awake. Be like, yeah, well they're oh, out, awake. They're out yeah. and like you know, right? but, open, but yeah. sees you when you're sleeping. I'm watching. Standing over your. He's just standing over your bread, just, just just mouth breathing on you. It's it's all kinds of awful. What kind of cookies are you gonna give me? <laughs> so uh, yeah, second on the list is he's apparently immortal. Mm. I it, he's apparently me clearly. Clear. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like they have some kind of terrible. And, and honestly, the 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 alternative would be some kind of terrible like. Inbred family. Inbred, yeah, exactly. Santa the, the right, but there's never like a Santa in waiting, or like you know some some like you know Santa training, and there's never like a young Santa. It is always the fat old bastard who is just creepy as all get out and watching you while you're sleeping. Right? You could say that about the Supreme Court too. <laughs> so there are more. So so. But they don't keep the same names. No, they, and they don't. And they, they do they look did? different. What if they did? What if the? What if you just call them the Supreme Santa's. Court justices and? They never had any names, and they were always just these old people sitting there in their unusual clothes, but they and, do die and making jud- passing judgment on people, deciding if they're naughty and nice. I mean, they're basically Santa is the Supreme Court. 
So it's the Supreme Santa. The Supreme Santa. The Supreme Santa. It's, and, and it's, it's just getting worse and worse. Oh, he's turning so it's just the, the, right the evidence is stacking up. The evidence is stacking up. So, first of all, I would like to muse a little bit on how he is immortal. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it he's doing? Uh, my vote is that he drinks unicorn blood. I mean, that, that's just. I'm pretty sure that that's just that's what he does. Ah, uh, Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Well, but you know, I mean, if we're gonna say, okay, Santa's real. Mm-hmm. Now let's think about it logically. Yeah. Based in a world that ex- where Santa exists, mm-hmm. he's immortal. Why? Well, if he's think... real, so are unicorns, and he's drinking that shit. Well, th- then by your own logic, you know, it weakens him. It cuts his how his life by half. So therefore, his immortality is now right. That's why he only works old. one night a year. Uh, well, eventually, what is he going to work like an afternoon every Tuesday? It's one evening a year. Let's it's one evening it. a year. One evening a year. He can yeah. do that. He's he's back there. He's munching on unicorn man. That's what's yeah, happening. That's what he does. Every, I think know. he's an evil spirit that possesses old Norwegian men. Picks <laughs> <laughs> a new one every year, and it it just the reason you never hear about some old Norwegian man with like. You know, amnesia doesn't know what he was doing on Christmas. The reason why you don't hear that is it kills whoever he possesses after one night. That's it. This is the birth. You're hearing it right here. The birth of a brand new urban legend. Mm-hmm. Supreme Santa. <laughs> the, He's the, an Nor- evil the, Nor- the, the, the Norwegian grandpa stealer. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, Slender Man. <laughs> any, any other ideas about how he stays immortal? I have no idea. No, all right, okay, all right. So let's see here. Black magic. Mm. Next on the list is where does the coal come from? Yeah. I mean, what is that about? I'm I mean, going to shove coal so far up your stocking, you'll be coughing up diamonds. It's it's like, <laughs> what is that about? I mean, yeah. Well, first dude, of all, giving coal to children who are naughty. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, I don't even know. That's just creepy. I don't know about you, but the price of coal is going up. That's right. not so much. So, a so naughty the question thing. is this: like, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. That means wow. he owns a strip mine for this. That means he's bad for the environment. You know, yeah. Santa's not a oh, slow Santa's environment. Santa's not he's up green. in the North Pole, right? Yeah, North Pole. And so, like, to have all this, wouldn't it have to melt the ice around it to get down to the landmass that's there? He there's no landmass in the North Pole. Oh. And there's no landmass under the North Pole. It's the Arctic Sea. The Arctic Sea, that's true. So where, even more so, boggles me then, where does he get it? The, the closest place he could be would be either Greenland or Svalbard. Svalbard. You've... So, Ch- 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 just to Ch- those of you that don't know, as just like Brian is a purveyor of useless information and random knowledge, <laughs> Chaz is basically addicted to Wikipedia. <laughs> don't give me that look. It's true. <laughs> Chaz, Chaz is like when I look at Wikipedia I go oh this is a rabbit hole man like oh I look this one thing up and then there's oh, there's a highlighted word what's that oh I learned something new there's a highlighted word what's that oh I learned something new there's a highlighted word look at I look at it as a rabbit hole Chaz looks at it as a wonderful evening with wine screw wine come on okay, we all know Chaz is a beer connoisseur alright so where the hell does the coal come from? That's mm-hmm. just, you know, like, I'm pretty convinced, which, which kind of kind of segues into our next subject, uh, that he is having those poor little elves mine coal somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's obviously not willing to pay for anything because he's got that those elves doing everything for him. Yeah, dude makes no money. He just has this indentured slave labor. Right, exactly. So, so, so I'm thinking that he, he's got those elves, like, in a mine somewhere, just getting coal, which is really twisted because elves are little. 
I mean, isn't that like the whole reason why they have like a canary down there is when they mm-hmm. come into gas that's dangerous, the canary is little, has a small small circulatory system, it dies quick. When it drops dead, you duck and run. Like, what are they doing? Like, waiting for like the smallest elf to just drop over dead and be like, oh, that's it, man, Harry's dead. Run for the hills. I, I think they've got canary. They've got elf canaries. Elf canaries. So tiny, so tiny, tiny canaries. Tiny canary. They're about half the size of a of a hummingbird, oh, wow. probably you know, like size the, of the size of a yeah, the size of a, maybe a, like a grasshopper, small grasshopper or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's creepy. It's uh, scary. It's just scary it's just enough. that right there is a is a rabbit hole. Yeah. That whole coal thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's well, just, if you think about it in the context, historically speaking, coal was very. It was the the primary heat source of the world. Um, so getting coal for Christmas is the it's like a gimme, like a, like a consolation prize. It, it's it's the practical gift. <laughs> it's I like give, getting socks. You, it's like it's like, like getting giving socks. you socks. I'm uh, gonna give you some Santa coal. gave you socks. That's worse than coal. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of the whole, you know, them working in a coal mine, I think that that segues into our next thing of of, of slave labor. Mm-hmm. That is clearly slave labor. Yes. Do they I mean like in any of the stories in any of the movies? Do is it? Do they ever? Like, all right, that's it. Friday's up. Let's have a paycheck. Wrong. Yeah, nope. They're just they're just on this cracked out diet of like candy canes and hot chocolate, mm-hmm. and just 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 mainlining coffee, no doubt, or yeah. hot hot choc coffee or whatever, whatever some kind of combo. Mocha. Mocha. Yeah. yeah, peppermint mocha, peppermint yeah, mocha from peppermint Starbucks. Mocha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starbucks is the evil face front of corporate Santa. Yes, there this you is go. Scary stuff. So clearly, clearly, slave labor is happening. Mm-hmm. No, no payments, no nothing. And because remember, all of his gifts are made up in Santa's workshop. Yeah, yeah. made in his workshop. Yeah, yeah. more sweat like shop. sweatshop. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But that do elves sweat? I don't know. I lastly, lastly, on the list of why Santa Claus is creepy, he keeps a list of naughty children. Keeps it. He yes. keeps it. He so he 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 what he 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 sees you when you're sleeping, and has a list of naughty children. Then ask them to be on his lap to hear what they want. I mean, he's just, I mean, like... Time to get jolly on your naughty I mean, there's nothing good about... I mean, seriously, like, a a list of naughty children. Like, is he like, like, I know you're naughty. Yeah. (laughs) You're getting cool. Come sit on Santa's lap. (laughs) Oh, let's just, let's not even get into the sitting on the lap thing. That's just, I mean... And then going back to the Supreme Court justice thing that Chaz was talking about earlier... What makes him judge and jury of who's nice and naughty? Seriously. Like, what is he, some overlord, supreme good guy? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm not buying it. Nah. Well, we've oh, already bullshit. discussed that, or we've already confirmed he's a creepy, creepy, evil he's a immortal. He's pedophile So, monster. so, yeah, so, so he's his basically... idea of nice might be the adverse, you know? Yeah. Old, creepy, sexual, deviant, molester type. Right. So Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, oh my yes. God, Santa. <laughs> so the supreme ultimate Santa. So okay, and, and I think this is this isn't on the list, but it occurs to me that our list of uh, of wizards is growing because I'm going to call him a wizard. He's a wizard. He lives <laughs> up in the middle of nowhere. Too? Yes. The, no. Okay. In, in the very in the second podcast. We're talking about Bruce Wayne, right? I recall. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, clearly Bruce Wayne. He's up there going zot. Yes, yeah. exactly. So up in his tower, Santa. I mean, let's talk making about making little things. No, Santa. He's he's out in the middle of nowhere. He's got a compound, and he's got <laughs> he's got little magical people running around doing all his work. He's kicking back, chilling. He's freaking immortal. <laughs> he can fly. I mean, 
He is a freaking wizard. Another wizard. Like, like we're uncovering a wizard conspiracy. Wizardercy. That was so bad it locked up my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah. It's, I, it, I, I'm, okay, anyway, so the f- final note on Santa, creepy and also a wizard. Also a wizard. Yeah, I definitely think so. Look for the wizard list coming soon to pandamanga.com. <laughs> we should do like an entire thing on wizards sometime. Oh, Just be uh, like, like, you know who is a wizard? This guy. You might be a wizard if. You might be a... Oh, oh it's, my it is God. coming. <laughs> expect, expect, you might be a wizard if. <laughs> future future in the Pandamanga podcast coming up. All right. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so moving on. Last on our schedule today, we are going to talk about our favorite gifts given and received. Um, I personally want to begin with my favorite gift received. Mm. My favorite gift received came from my good friend, the Brian. The Brian, with his massive ego and uh, toolbox of random things to know, he sent me a framed photograph of himself with a cheese-eating grin, or more like a shit-eating grin, and two thumbs up. (laughs) And on the bottom, he signed it and said... Glad you got to meet me. Thanks for being a fan. Glad you got to meet me. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure he was thinking, oh, this is a gag gift. No, this went up in our house. I was living, at the time I was living with Chaz and a couple other friends, and and we had it up in the house for a while because it was just so funny. I, it was just so good. I mean, it's brilliant. It's got to be, how much did it cost you to make that? Nothing, because I made sure that I went to a dollar store to get the frame. <laughs> One of the things is I gave this to multiple people that year for either Christmas or their birthdays. And I made sure that, okay, I already had paper, so it's just the cost of printing it on paper and the ink. Black, it was a black and white picture. And and so I made sure that all the frames I bought were dollar store frames that looked like they came from a, a dollar, dollar store. store. They looked poor and bad. So they costed me next to nothing. Just the ink, some photo paper, and a dollar store frame. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, what's your favorite gift you've ever received, Brian? Favorite gift I've ever received? I can see the gears turning over there. Yes. The gears are turning. I'm trying to go back through all... All the trauma. All the trauma. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to go with, from my childhood, the Teddy Ruxpin doll. Was it the one that talked? It was the one that talked. That guy was baller. Yes. Baller indeed. Creepy. No, it was awesome. He said nice and wonderful things to you. He was my very good friend. And his giant caterpillar friend, which in truth, a big bear, not so surprising, a giant caterpillar, that's scary. Yes. That ain't right. That was wrong. And it was such a very wonderfully fluffy, plushy (laughs) toy. And you could actually take out the little speaker box from it. Do do you you guys remember, like, the the little... Speaking of teddy bears, do you guys remember the teddy bears that, like, young children tend to have that have, have, like, the sound of a heartbeat? Mm Mm-hmm. Because apparently it's supposed to make them feel more comfortable at home, like they're still in the womb, and it helps them go to sleep. Somebody, like... I found my version of that when I was, you know, older, and I was looking through my toys back, like, back east in our little cottage. I was like, dude, that is really, really, really horrible. <laughs> yeah, this, this teddy bear is just, kum, 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 just staring at me with those dead black eyes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just horrible. When I said teddy rusher, I love you. <laughs> I want to be with you. <laughs> oh, I'm coming for you, Timmy. <laughs> you 
you'll be dead by morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, what is your favorite gift received? My favorite gift that I have ever received. Um, I got two, actually, I want to say. Um, the first one was something that was dear to my heart. It was some sexy lingerie from one of my last girlfriends. I must say, I to all the women out there, if you have this chance for your boyfriend, do this. It is the best gift ever. So good. Uh, then we watched, you know, the tits to save Christmas right after. Um, <laughs> this is a double whammy. The double whammy right there. Um, but the one that actually was more sentimental to me was something that was just handmade from my mom after uh, my grandma had passed. It was just a collection of old recipes that she had handwritten out. Oh, how neat. She put into a scrapbook with a bunch of pictures from growing up with my grandma. Um, she gave it to all of, all the kids, so they know the family. Yeah, uh, two other siblings. They gave it to all of us. Um, still use it. One of my favorite books. Because yeah, you're quite a chef. Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Well, you're Italian. It's true. <laughs> By default, that makes us cookers. It's true. Yeah, you are a good chef. Mm-hmm. I know. I eat your spaghetti any day, man. Moving on. Toss my salad. What? <laughs> I didn't say that. You are looking at me with those sinful eyes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, the eye he, he wants to do the lady in the tramp thing with the spaghetti. Oh, okay. All right. Chaz, your favorite gift received. I think I'm going to follow uh, Brian's pattern and, and, and go back into the, the annals of childhood to one of the most memorable gifts I received as a young youngster uh was a little robot piggy bank mm, robot nice and it had basically it had a little arm sticking out that had a spot for you to put a coin on and you pushed the arm down while it had a coin in that little arm and it lifted the arm up and opened its mouth and it dropped it the, coin the coin in its mouth so and it cool. fell inside the body and then it would proceed to chew and it made like a crunchy, crunchy sound, like it's a it's a robot eating a piece of metal, and so it's like a kind of sound. And then it would lick its lips. Oh, that's best. I best piggy bank. I still have that to this day. You do? Yeah. It's it's. Please tell me you use it. No, I don't really use it because I lost the bottom door that holds the coins in. So it's more for novelty effect at this point. Let's move on to gifts that we've given. I would say easily the favorite gift that I've ever given anybody was a, 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 I like I uh, hmm. first of all we do not condone any kind of downloads. <laughs> piracy is not supported. Pir- piracy is not supported, and and and, and because of that I'm going to say that I never did this. But if I had done this, my favorite gift that I ever gave is a, a the Big Bang Theory is a huge huge thing about with between my mom and I. For some reason, she just loves it so much. She says it's because she's like a boy mom, grew up with just, you know, me as the only child. And so she, like, always was having, you know, me and my friends around. And you just gets a kick out of guys being just ridiculous and guys. And that that's what that show's all about. And so we so always... That about man boys. <laughs> well, men exactly. who really are just boys. Exactly. But for her, it's a kick. Anyway, so we always watch it together. It's a bunch of fun. I, I like the show a lot. And so uh, as it was coming out, I was, I was, hypothetically, I was hypothetically getting the episodes and I burned them onto a DVD that I like took the time to like get a background and song and music and made menus and did the whole like custom DVD Nero edit thing and gave it to her. And and, uh, it was, it was really cool. (laughs) 
Well, that's a great imaginary gift. You it was a great make. imaginary gift that I never did because downloading is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, but your the gift best, is real. I'm sure the best gift is a real gift. Uh, this is not hypothetical. It is not imagined. It is, of course, the framed autograph picture oh, of that's myself. Easy. Oh, that, I mean, it, it's, it's a great it's, gift. It's, it's a great gift. You know, it. A lot of people got a lot of. You know, it it wasn't expensive. A lot of people had a lot of fun with it. And let's face it, who doesn't want a picture of me that's autographed hanging in their house? I am amazing after all. We've got to sell those on the site. (laughs) We may. We may sell those. I may bring that back. We should just do that for all the contributors. Just... Yes, if if you want to become a contributor for the podcast, send us donations. I will send you an autographed (laughs) picture of myself. Donations, of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So... uh, well, for me, uh, I would say, you know, it's funny. It's a funny thing that our, our generation really, we've become the buffer between technology and our parents. It's true. Yeah, it's very so true. true. Very true. And so I, one of, uh, one of the, one of the parentals had some old tapes that were wearing out and I went through and there was probably, oh, God, it had to be at least 10 hours of tapes. And I went through and digitized them all to MP3s. And just to be clear, there were, these were not tapes that had any kind of copyright on them. They were, you know, it was it was not any kind of pirating or infringing or anything like that. But they were very well listened to. And as time was going on, they were getting worse and worse quality. And to have them on MP3s and have them convenient and... Wherever you needed them to be, them up for them. you could burn them onto CDs and listen to them in a CD player or listen cool. to them on an iPod or whatever MP3 player you wanted. So I, I felt like that there was an appropriate amount of thought and effort and enjoyment out of those. So that's probably my favorite gift I've ever given. Uh, for me, I'd have to say, um, you know, not always... Again, not not like to spend a lot of money because I'm kind of cheap. But um, my favorite gift was uh, I gave everyone in my family a card of time to spend with them. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a cop out, yada yada. But it actually worked out really well because I at the time I was really busy with work, school, you know, life and all that, and I didn't spend a lot of time with the family. So doing this was you know one on one time with my siblings, with my parents. Uh, with my grandparents, where uh, we were able to, you know, just get together, set time a- apart, you know, for just us, and just enjoy ourselves. And I think that was probably one of the best gifts that I'd given. Time is priceless. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we try to put a price on it for, for work, but the fact is, you can trade all your time for money and never get it back. It's true. Yeah. It's so true. one thing you can never get back. Definitely. Unless you're Santa Claus. Yes. Well, yes. Then you just steal or, it from or, or, or in the Supreme Court. Then you just steal it from Norwegian grandpas. Yes, grandpas. that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, that that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, thank you for joining us, Chaz and Mike. Uh, and uh, as always, I'm here, JP and the Brian, my fearless co-host. Yes. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just to let everybody know before we go, we will endeavor to have a podcast for you guys next week. However, being that between this podcast. And the next podcast is Christmas. <laughs> we don't promise anything. <laughs> we will do our best to try and get something out. But, you know, things come up. Family comes first. You know how it is. So we may skip one. 
Uh, but we will be back in action, talking games. Uh, we have a review of Skyward Sword coming with the admin. And Chaz will hopefully join us again to break down and lay down the final law and word on what happened to all the good games. <laughs> so, so join us for that, uh, hopefully next week, but if not, the week after, and we'll see you guys soon. Again, always come to pandamanga.com and uh, check out updates and things like that. There's more than just the blog there. I mean, more than just the podcast there. We've got the blog going. Uh, make sure to post a comment if you like the show or had a question in our forums. There's a link right below the uh, the link to the podcast on the podcast page or the website, which is pandamanga.com forward slash podcasts. Podcasts like plural S. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being with us. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. See you guys next time. La, 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 la. I'll be back. Back when you least expect it. Next Xmas! Ho, ho, ho! Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit pandamanga.com for all your indie comic needs. If you have questions or comments on today's show, please visit our forums at forum.pandamanga.com. Anyone interested in becoming a contributor with Pandamanga, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. This is Jazz. We'll see you next time. Oh, no, I was just... This is our cutoff song. Oh, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> scratching my beard. <laughs> Like so much for that, Chaz. What are you talking about? <laughs> Fucking Mike. This is the best way to do the cutoffs. So. All right. <laughs>